Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Tony Katz, the morning news. 93 WIBC. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Lots of things to talk about today. And um, <laughs> I'm a Yankee fan. And I can't help part of what's in the news today. And I know it's probably not the lead story in Indianapolis, Indiana. And yet I can't stop myself. My finger is on. There we go. Este Uri Ruiz stands in his way. the coolest thing about it is Domingo Herman is not the Yankee pitcher that should have thrown a perfect game. And what I mean by that is he's not really the best pitcher on the team, uh, not even close this year. And that's what makes baseball such a great sport. It doesn't have to be the all Shohei Otani doesn't have to be the guy that throws a perfect game this year. It can be somebody named Domingo Herman who plays for the Yankees and is quite good at times. Uh, has an ERA just uh, a lower, uh, just a little bit uh, off of a five. ERA 4.54 or something, I think. And uh, yet it was is a really cool moment. And he wears the number zero, uh, which apparently now means that he gives up zero hits, uh, zero walks, zero anything. He just zeros across the board. Uh, nine strikeouts, I think, and 99 pitches. So he pitched a perfect game in under 100 pitches, which seems surreal in the world of the um, in the world of baseball today because uh, everybody uh, seems to take as many pitches as possible and you chase starters by the fifth inning or something. So to pitch a nine-inning complete game, in and of itself is getting rarer, uh, but to throw a perfect game, of course, hasn't happened since 2012. And I think it's awesome. And I know it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm going to move on, uh, but I can't help it. It's cool. I didn't stay up for all of it because of this uh, gig I'm doing this morning. I, I went to bed, uh, which was very difficult to do, but I actually didn't think he would do it. Uh, so here we are. I'm a Yankee fan who also is a doubter. Let's move on to the IRS whistleblower uh, who's making the rounds everywhere. Gary Shapley. Um, Really, really interesting interviews are being done. And the guy, I would tell you that the biggest narrative that can exist out there in the world of left-leaning media or any kind of media that doubts that the president of the United States is tied to something uh, like all the different business dealings that Hunter Biden's been doing, the biggest reason that anyone can doubt that is believability of people like IRS whistleblower Gary Shapley. But the more I see him talk, the more places I see him appear, uh, this is Fox News, the the cool, calm, collected, and believable um, version of him that's out there in the world, it, it's so its so easy uh, to assume that everything he's saying is the truth. And I know uh, some of that still winds up needing to get checked and other people corroborate and all those sort of things. Uh, but it just seems amazing to me uh, that this doesn't wind up permeating every single aspect of our, our news cycle uh, because of how believable the whistleblower is. Uh, here's a little bit of the back and forth about just part of the way in which they found evidence. They believed that there were more reasons to investigate. Uh, even um, they had a, a opportunity uh, to go ahead and, and follow uh, up on certain, you know, uh, certain abilities to maybe raid. I, I want to say raid because they said raid of Mar-a-Lago. But here, here's some of that back and forth. So you were clearly prevented 
you felt it, you documented it, you knew it. Yeah, that's correct. And, and throughout the investigation, I was documenting uh, various issues as they arose and to include the search warrants that weren't allowed to be done. What happened with that? Between April and June of 2020, we, uh, we drafted an affidavit to execute search warrant in a couple of different locations. And the prosecutors at the time stated that probable cause had been achieved. But as we, we moved closer to the election, um, it just seemed like they kept putting it on the back burner and they eventually didn't allow us to do that search warrant, even though the legal requirements to execute that search warrant were met. Okay, so if you understand this correctly, and it's easy to understand, essentially what happened at Mar-a-Lago with Trump is exactly what could have happened to Hunter Biden if they had decided to move forward with these search warrants then actually go and search whatever properties, whatever things uh, they thought were relevant. There were a couple uh, different locations that they wanted to search. And so what I think is really interesting about this is that the easier of two excuses, the more obvious of two excuses is that the uh, Justice Department and all these different uh, bureaucracies are corrupt and they lean left and they uh, favor the left and they, it's unfair. That That's the easier of the two uh, positions and the more likely to be candid to anyone listening to the show who obviously thinks that um, as well. But the the other position you could take on this is that they didn't want to impact the election. That's the reason that they didn't raid the son of the uh, current candidate on the left, uh, which means that Donald Trump, while in office and the Justice Department, while Donald Trump is in office, was more reasonable in not wanting to have the Justice Department impact the outcome of an election, uh, which is exactly what people are asking for today in the world of Trump and all the things going on. And honestly, not that I'm saying they actually would find him to be uh, guilty or anything like that. The intention isn't to say it this way, uh, but I've said it before this way. You could have waited to investigate Trump for whatever you think he did wrong and classified documents, any of that stuff. You could have waited uh, for a couple years. I know that it sounds maybe crazy to anyone that thinks the classified documents being returned was actually the point of raiding Mar-a-Lago and not just creating as many uh, nightmare scenarios as possible for a person that um, the machine hates as much as they do in Donald Trump. It's just so fascinating to me, though, because uh, I don't know, how long did uh, President Biden have those classified documents in the garage of his, of his home? He had them for years and years and years since he was a senator, some of those things. Uh, leaving whatever Trump had in his uh, home at Mar-a-Lago out in the world for another two years to not impact our election uh, doesn't feel to me to be the worst case, or even just bringing the charges and doing everything in the world of the court. Even if you go and get the uh, documents back, uh, you could still wait. You could still delay, which apparently they did time and again in the Hunter Biden case until eventually now uh, we get to a point where they're actually um, moving forward with barely any of the things they could have charged Hunter Biden with. And I have more of this audio later because uh, the IRS whistleblower goes into detail of what the most damaging, significant felony charges that never wound up being even brought to the table uh, were and why it was so important uh, that those ones were dropped uh, entirely. Uh, all right, quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in. Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC.